Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Today I want to uh, help us be prepared in our praying. I want us to, to help us, uh, when I was here in um, the, the previous Sunday before last, I had the opportunity to talk with us about answers from heaven. And I want to continue along that line uh, because it is something that we need to be skilled and accurate in our praying. We need to be praying uh, with confidence and we need to be praying uh, with results. We don't want to be praying and just get 50-50 results. We don't want to be just praying and like we're throwing the dice and, and see what we can get. It's not a lottery. It's not a, a game of chance. Prayer is an application of our communication with God that God has chosen to be a means by which His will gets done in the earth. So prayer needs to be something that we see as us co-laboring together with God. Prayer is not hard on my end where I'm trying to go to the, the, the throne of God and make Him give me things. I used to feel that way when I prayed. I felt like I'm coming and I don't know if he wants me to have it or not, but if I beg long enough and I plead and I ask long enough and, I, and if I say it long enough, he's going to wear down and give it to me. And I think I did that to my dad when I was growing up. I think that's how I interacted with my dad. Oh, come on, dad, come on. If I didn't get it the first time, I just stayed on it, you know, until he finally gave in to give it to me. But that's not the way the Father God wants his children interacting in prayer with him. He wants our conversation with him to be a conversation where we already know his desire, we already know his ability, we already know he loves us, he wants to help us. If it's wisdom we need, he's going to give me a liberal, liberal supply of wisdom. If it's anointing I need in this situation, he's going to anoint my head with oil. Amen? If it is light on my path, he's going to shine it brightly. Glory to God. So we want to have a skill in prayer, and we also don't want to leave it unprayed. I, I think that prayer is one of the, um, because it is a discipline, that there are a lot of believers who haven't matured enough to become disciplined in it. And they think that there's just a group of people who are meant to pray and all the rest of us just get to, uh, you know, uh, read and, and claim and just go on. But every believer needs to have a proficiency in prayer. Every believer needs to have this developed in their life. And it does take a developing. It's not going to happen just because you own a Bible and, and you're blood-bought. The praying is something that you've got to, to enter into and you've got to uh, overcome the, the, the flesh that tells you you're bored and you're not getting anything out of this and you start falling asleep. And it's, it's, it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be boring. 
but there is an entering in to spiritual things in the praying. And so I want to help us with this. Isaiah 59.1 has been our central focus as we launch out into this. And it says, uh, Isaiah 59.1, talking about God's ability and God's uh, uh, desire to hear us. It says, the Lord's hand is not shortened. Hallelujah. That means there's nothing God can't do in His ability. The Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. However uh, far from God your loved one may be, they're not too far for Him to reach them. However uh, deep in debt you may be, you're not so deep in debt that God can't help you find your way out of debt. However lost in whatever situation someone may be, God always knows the way to reach them and the way to help them. His hand is not shortened. And then it says, neither his ear heavy. God's ear is not heavy that it cannot hear. Now, we wouldn't use that word heavy necessarily we would probably more, be more in line with how Jesus referred to it in Matthew 13, talking about uh, dull of hearing. Dull of hearing. Dull of hearing. When um, my daughter Angela reached a certain age, she suddenly became full of questions. I mean, it's like I, t- I taught her to talk, and then I thought, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Because it was, Mommy, why? And that was, every question started with, Mommy, why? Mommy, why is the sky blue? Try to explain that to a three-year-old. The sky is blue because... I don't know. I, I had to find a better answer than I don't know. Because I said, I don't know, till the Lord said to me, Quit saying you don't know. You're hurting yourself. Just answering that way. I don't know. I don't know why this. I don't know why the clouds form that way. I don't know why this. I don't, and so I had to find a different way. Well, let's find out. Google is my friend. And so, uh, but her questions. She was just, you know, and I was homeschooling, so she's talking all day. I got my, uh, my, uh, my other older children. Uh, they were in elementary school, and so they, they would have questions. And so by, after a while, my ear became dull of hearing. And one of my children, we were in the church, here in the church, and I'm standing up here talking with, with one of the adults in the church, glad to have some adult conversation, and... One of my children is trying to get my attention. They're saying, Mommy, Mom, 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 Mom. And I have already learned how to tune that out. I don't answer to that. I'm, I'm, I'm focused, Mom, Mom, Mom. And all of a sudden, they say, Pastor Michelle. And immediately I turned. <laughs> my ears were dull of hearing Mom. But they were perfectly... In tune is someone called Pastor Michelle. Do you remember? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so then they, they, Mom, how come when I, you wouldn't answer when it was me calling? Mom, 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 because I hear you all day. Right? I'm dull of hearing. And so now we know why Charlie Brown's teacher sounded wah, 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 wah. 
because he was dull of hearing. <laughs> Algebraic equations or mathematical formulas. That, that dull of hearing doesn't mean hard of hearing. It means tuned out or callous to hearing certain things. And that's why the mark of a spiritually mature person is that I can hear a scripture that I've heard hundreds of times and not be dull of hearing it. Not say, I know that. I, you can't teach me anything from Hebrews 1, uh, uh, Hebrews 11, 1. I know it. You can't. No, 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 no. I will never reach a place where I've received all I can receive from any scripture. Amen. Hallelujah. And I don't want to allow my ears to become dull of hearing it. And so it's something you have to discipline yourself. Well, God, He is so God that all of us could cry out to Him on the entire face of the planet. Every person could call out to Him and He would hear every person clearly, distinctly, because His ear is not dull of hearing. His ear is not heavy, that it cannot hear. He can hear. And so... In the last time that I had with you, we had the opportunity to look at some of the weightiness of our prayers. We looked at the fact that uh, it says in the book of Revelation that our prayers are on the altar in front of God, that they come up as an incense, something that smells beautiful to Him, that our prayers are in His presence. We saw that Cornelius' prayer in Acts chapter, I think it's chapter 10. Cornelius, it says, your prayers and your alms have come up before God as a memorial. A man who didn't even at the time have a, a covenant with God or a relationship, just a hunger, a desire, and his prayers had come up before God. How much more you and I, who our prayers have weight in the presence of God. So we, we see that our prayers are uh, given a place of importance in the kingdom, a place of importance in our distinctly with God. Hallelujah. That our prayers come up before God. That He hears our prayers. We looked at some other scriptures from the book of Psalms that said, He hears the cry of the righteous. He answers the cry of the righteous. Amen. So He hears and He answers me. Today I want to go over to 1 John chapter 5 and I want us to look at our confidence because if you're not confident in prayer, you won't do it often. If you, if you aren't sure about praying and have a confidence in the asking, then you won't utilize this vehicle very often. You won't come on the basis of God's word to get what he wants you to get. Verse 14 of 1 John 5 says, This is the confidence that we have in Him. This is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. According to His will. I, I want you to look at that in two ways because both of them are applicable. First of all, we want to ask in line with His will. There is no Bible faith for something that's not promised us in the Bible. So you can't use Bible faith to marry my husband. Somebody has tried that before. But they can't, and I taught her faith, and she's coming to use faith for my. No, no, that's not going to happen. You can't, there's no, there's no Bible faith for that. You can't get Bible faith without the Bible. 
for Bible faith, you've got to have Scripture, right? So you can't believe God for something that He hasn't already promised to give you. You can't believe me for something that I haven't, haven't told you I would do. If you would say, I'm just believing Pastor Michelle's going to come mow my yard. <laughs> believe on. <laughs> but you better make some plans in the interim while you're believing. If God spoke to me and told me to come mow your yard, I would hire somebody to come mow your yard. I told my husband, I said, I can mow the yard. He goes, you will not be mowing the yard. Because, you know, he was busy traveling and everything. You will not be mowing the yard. I said, I remember, now listen, my parents planted these trees and they let me on the riding lawnmower and I mowed over the trees. And the trees popped back up, but they were naked on half the tree. <laughs> They grew up injured trees because I mowed over the trees. I didn't know how to, I didn't learn to drive yet. So anyway, maybe that's why he doesn't let me mow. But you can't believe God for something I haven't told you I would do. You can't believe God that I'm going to do something. If you, know, you can't believe me for something I haven't told you. You can't believe God for something he hasn't promised. So for Bible faith, we have to have the Bible. We have to have scripture and then, listen, the power to believe for it is in the promise. Amen. If it's hard for you to believe for it, it can become easy just by feeding on that promise until the faith for that promise grows in you. And then th this is how we can believe for healing even in the, in, in the face of adversity because we can feed on the scripture until faith comes until there's a faith to believe for it, and then I can believe for it. And so that's what we want to identify, that it is according to His will. But here's the second application of that phrase. It is God's will to hear us. Amen. He wants to hear you. You don't come with a request that God says, Oh my gosh, here comes Jim Moulton again. <sighs> Never. If you come, he is, he is eager to receive you. When you come, it's his will. Come, ask. Come, let us, come to me, all you that. See, he wants you to come with the request. He wants you to come. So it is his will to hear you. And so that's something that you've got to have because if you go to ask anybody for something and you know they don't want me to ask, it makes you trepidatious in the asking. It makes you if, you, if you're going in to ask your boss for something and you know he's blown up at the last three people who asked for that day off or asked for that raise or whatever, then you're going in already expecting a negative, already expecting, and there's no boldness and there's no confidence and there's no eager, earnest expectation. Well, God wants you to know, I love to answer your prayer. I'm, my ears are tuning in to hear you pray something I can answer. Come to me. Ask of me. Call to me. I'm eager to respond to you. It's one of his greatest pleasures. When it, John uh, chapter 14, 15, and 16, Jesus is talking about us bearing much fruit. Answered prayer is part of that much fruit. The fruits of our righteousness are answered prayer. That's one of the main components of the fruits of our righteousness. God loves that we're fruitful in our prayer life. He loves for us to come and ask Him. So He wants us to have that confidence that if we ask, 
We know we're asking in line with His will. We know He wants to hear us. And if we know, verse 15, if we know that He hears us, this is, that's the foundation. I know that He hears me. He wants to. He loves to hear me. He wants to hear me. He does hear me. If we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, Whatsoever we ask. Now, I can hear a response, not from anybody in here, but from religious people in the past that, well, God, God sometimes says yes and sometimes says no and sometimes says maybe. Whatsoever we ask. This is coming from a person who is asking in line with the will that's already established. Let's just, let's just move beyond that flesh argument because we're spiritual people. And if I'm asking amiss, he's going to correct me and I'm going to correct me. He's going to witness to my heart, Michelle, don't ask for that. Michelle, that's the, that's the wrong way to ask. He'll correct me. Uh, we're talking about a maturity in the asking. This is the confidence that I have that I, I, when I ask anything according to His will, He hears me. And if I know He hears me, whatsoever we ask, yes. then I know I have. Amen. Then I know I have. That needs to be the confidence that we have in this covenant interaction of prayer with our covenant partner, our Father God. He wants us to take our interactions with Him that literally, that, that fundamentally. He wants us to have such an assurity. God heard me, I've got it. God heard me, I've got the answer. But you don't see the answer. I don't need to see it to know God answered it. I came on the basis of His Word. I responded with faith. I'm standing in faith. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm moved by what God said. God said, whatsoever I shall ask in the name, He will do it for me. He will give it to me. That's where I am. Because God won't lie. God won't lie. So this confidence is something that has to be developed. This is what we're talking about in our growing in our relationship with God. That we learn how to come on the basis of His Word. That we learn how to uh, exude that confidence and that uh, assurity in the asking and that we bring the petitions that we desire before Him. In James chapter 1 and verse 5 and 6, It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Ask God. Ask, ask, ask. Ask God. If any of you lack, ask. If any of you lack wisdom, ask. If any of you lack patience, ask. If any of you lack uh, uh, finances, ask. What, What are you lacking? Ask. Well, if God wants to give it to me, that's not the kingdom method. He didn't say God is moved by your need. There's not a scripture that says God is moved by your need. It says God will supply all of my need, but that's not the trigger. That's not the trigger. What what is that connected to? They were giving. My God shall supply all your need. Why? That's the response to their giving. Why? Because you've given to my need, God's going to respond to your need. So we can't use that scripture for a, 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 a receiving uh, unless we're doing the other aspect of it. He said, if you want to receive, ask. 
Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. He will do it for you. Right? So the asking is a covenant trigger. It is a covenant initiator. Ask and he said here, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Now who is God? The God who gives to all men liberally. And upbraideth not. I love the Amplified. It says the giving God who gives. The giving God who gives to all men liberally. The giving God. Let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding. So God's not going to come and say, well, you really messed this up. Let me come and bring you some supply to get you out. He's not judging you. you. If you'll just come and ask. Sure, honey, I got you. Here's a supply for you. And it shall be given him, but let him ask in faith, no thing wavering. No thing wavering, nothing wavering. Ask in faith. Is that the confidence we have in him? That same confidence we saw from 1 John 5? Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, because for he that wavers is not staying in the same place long enough to receive anything. So God could send the answer and it's not going to be there because they've already moved. The wave of the sea is... You can't find a wave that's in the same place it was last week. Every wave has moved every moment. They continually move. They're moved by the wind. They're moved by, by the current. They're moved by other things. And he says the person who wavers can't receive because they're not in one stable place long enough for the receiving of the answer. So he says that we need to ask and we need to ask in faith. Jesus said this in Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Look at verse 24 of Mark 11. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, now what is he just, therefore, what is therefore, therefore? Because he just explained faith. He said in verse 22, have faith in God. Verse 23, he talked about how faith operates. Whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever things he says. Therefore, 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 since this is how faith works, therefore, what things soever you desire... When you pray, what are you supposed to pray? What things are you supposed to pray? The things you desire. What things soever you desire, what do you want? So that means I don't pray the problem. I don't want the problem. Why would I talk the problem in my prayer conversation with God? Why would I come and tell God how bad it is? God, it's so bad, and I don't know what I'm going to do, and the situation, and my child, and they did this, and they're acting this way, and -and so-and-so said, and this person believes, and this report came in, and it looks like it's going to happen like this. None of those things have power in the receiving. 
But I tell you what they can do. They can build negative doubt in the person saying them because faith, Mark eleven twenty three 23, works for the way of God or it could work in the negative direction. Whatsoever things a person says in their heart, believing and doubting not. So if a person is saying, I don't know what I'm going to do, guess what? They believe that. And now they're establishing it with the words of their mouth. And now they're going to have it. Brother Cap said, I would pray and say, God, I can't hear you. And, and God would say something and he would answer me. He said, the whole time I'm telling him, I can't hear you. I can't hear you, God. I can't hear your voice, God. I can't hear your voice. And the Lord said, quit saying you can't hear my voice and start quoting the scripture that says, the voice of the good shepherd I follow and another voice I will not follow. I hear the voice of my good shepherd. And so he said, I started saying, I hear the voice of my good shepherd. Because as long as he kept saying it, I can't hear your voice, God. I can't hear your voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the negative, if I'm praying the problem, what am I establishing? So let's say, for instance, someone comes and says, Lord, I don't have any pain. I don't have any pain. Oh, I don't have any pain. Oh, Lord, I don't have any pain. Thank you, Lord, you redeemed me from the pain. Thank you, Lord, you delivered me from the pain. From by your stripes, I'm healed from the pain. What's on their mind? Whereas the answer is, Father, I thank you that by your stripes, I'm healed. And you might be saying it with the pain, by your stripes, I'm healed. But now my focus is the healing and not the pain. So that the emphasis has to be whatsoever things you desire when you pray. Whatsoever things you desire. So go to the Word and find out how you want it to end. Go to the Word and find out what the Word says about how it could be or should be in the marriage, in the relationship with the children, whatever the case may be. Father, I thank you that my children are walking in your light. Father, I thank you. Great is the peace of my children. And you might be saying it with tears coming down your eyes. Father, I thank you that, that you will save my children. Father, I thank you that my children are taught of the Lord. They are disciples of the Lord. I mean, just give yourself over to how you want it. And the, what you desire when you pray, therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So I'm asking, but in the asking there needs to be a confidence. There needs to be a believing that I receive them. A believing that I receive them. Now I read a portion of Brother Hagen's book, chapter 5, uh, from his book, I Believe in Visions. And I read that portion where he had come to him about uh, healing for Sister Aretha uh, from a gorder that had been growing on her throat that had started to choke her. And uh, the Lord appeared to him in a vision and said to him, I've come to answer your prayer. And he made this statement. He said, um, I did this just because you asked me to. You don't know how I long to do for my children if they would only ask me and believe me. 
Ask me and believe me. And then the Lord said to him, Many times they beg and cry and pray, but they don't believe. So we're talking about prayer, but we're talking about believing prayer. We're talking about effective prayer. Prayer that's based on the will of God. Prayer that is already supplied with the provision of God in the desire, in the will. And so when we're praying, you know, there's a lot of people who, 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 who don't even pray to God, but they pray a lot, right? They're praying to Buddha. They're praying to Allah. They've got the praying. So it's not the praying it's, it's the God who we're praying to. It's knowing Him. It's having confidence in Him. It's knowing His Word. Amen? The prayer is just the vehicle. The prayer is just the vehicle. The prayer is like the, the, the rocket ship. You load it into the rocket ship and you transport it up to the, the, the satellite they have up there, right? It, it's, it's transporting the desire and it's receiving back of the answer. So this, this confidence, believing when you pray, this is what he said, a lot of people are begging and crying and they pray but they don't believe. They pray, that, but they don't believe. And it, it also was uh, uh, brought up in our last session together, a statement that the Lord had made to Brother Caps. Now, we don't preach their experiences for doctrine but, because we're, we're bringing the Word for our doctrine. But those experiences happen to them, but they happen for us. I'm going to get the answer so that I don't have to learn it for myself. I can find out how Brother Hagen learned it and how Brother Caps learned it and then put it to work in their life. It happened to them but for us. Amen. Amen. So he said to Brother Caps, he said, you're praying for me to prosper you, but I'm not the one causing your problem. Do you remember that? It's in his God's creative power, the, the one for finances. He said, uh, you've been praying for me to prosper you and to get the devil off of you. I'm not the one causing your problems. You are under attack of the evil one and I can't do anything about it because you have bound me with the words of your own mouth. And what was he saying? It's not getting any better. Every time I try to plant, I'm going to plant it too low and it's going to freeze. I'm going to plant it too high and it's going to rain. Whatever happens, I'm going to do it wrong. Because he got negative when he, had a, a, he, he fleeced God and said, God, if this is you, let it turn out for me this way. And it, God, got, got the fleecing is a term that is used referring to Gideon in the book of Judges. He put out a piece of cotton and he said, God, if this is you, let the cotton be dry and the ground be wet. And in the morning it was just that way. And he said, God, if it's really you, tomorrow when I get up, let it be opposite. Let the cotton be wet and let the ground be dry. That's an Old Testament way. That is not for the New Testament believer. We are alive unto God. We don't fleece God. We have the witness of the Holy Spirit. He is in me. He shows me things to come. He teaches me His way. I do not need to put things out there where the devil can answer it and see, well, if it's really you, God, let two people drive by with blue hats on and one person with a purple truck. Well, the devil can send some people with blue hats and purple trucks. 
he can hear that and deceive people. And that's what happened to Brother Caps. And he got deceived and he thought it was God because he wasn't following the inward witness. He was following the outward uh, external uh, situation. And he lost millions, millions, like two million, up two million. And he said from that point on, he got ups, he got negative. And he started saying, Every time I try to do it, I just do it wrong. I'm going to plan it wrong. I'll go. He said, I had, I had been a successful uh, 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 farmer. I mean, he wasn't just farmer of a little track. He farmed huge, huge uh, parcels of land and soybean and cotton and different things. And he said, I had been successful and had been very uh, uh, wealthy because of that. But when I made that bad decision, I started saying I would do it wrong. And I would say, I'm going to plant wrong. And he said, my words weren't directing the rain. They were directing my wisdom to plant. I knew how to plant when before I had done this. But now that I'm saying everything wrong, I'm being led to do it the wrong way. I'm being led to plant in a way I wouldn't have planted before. Why? Because he's saying it out of his own mouth. And he said, I planted and went through, I mean, he worked all of those fields. And he said, in one year, I did not even make enough money to, to pay for the renewal of my driver's license. It's probably about 12 bucks, right? He did not even make enough to, to do that. So he's still in all of this debt to the bank, all of this debt. And he said that somebody came to his house with a few books and said, just pick whatever you want out of those books and just, just read whatever you want. And he found this little book called Right and Wrong Thinking. Right and Wrong Thinking. Bill Winston says that's the book that changed his life. Charles Capps said that's the book that changed his life. It was a little mini book that Brother Hagen put out, Right and Wrong Thinking. And he said, I read that book and I saw my problem. Because if you think wrong, you're going to act wrong, you're going to speak wrong. And that's the emphasis of it. If you're thinking wrong, you're going to behave wrong, you're going to believe wrong, you're going to speak wrong. And so he said it, he ordered a couple of more books and he got these other books. And he said, I'd never, he said, I'd been in full gospel uh, denominations all my life, raised up in church, raised up in church. And he said, I'd never heard about faith. And the, he ordered this book and he gets this teaching on faith. He said, I'd never heard anybody teach on Mark 11. And he said, I began to read it and I began to see some things. And after a few months of him reading it, he said, I was at a place that God could speak to me about my problem. Because before then, he was so entrenched in the problem and without any light, he got to the place and God began. This is one of the things he said. He said, uh, you have bound me with the words of your own mouth and it's not going to get any better until you change your confession and begin to agree with my word. You are operating in fear and unbelief. You have established the words of the evil one in your behalf. Can we do that? I mean, he loved God. He was a tither. He attended church. He owned a Bible. He didn't cuss. He didn't smoke. He wasn't sinning. But he was operating in fear and unbelief and establishing the will of the enemy in his life with the words that he spoke. 
by speaking the negative, by calling the negative into existence, by saying it's not going to get any better. Every time I try, it just goes downhill. Every time I try to do something right, it just blows up in my face. I got too much month at the end of the money. There's things people say and they think it's funny. They, they say it out of joking, but they're still establishing it. Oh, that cost me an arm and leg. I'm going to go broke trying to feed that teenager. And those words are still establishing. And he said, by your own mouth, you have released the ability of the enemy. If I were to do anything about it, I would have to violate my word. And I can't do that. The power of binding and loosing is not in heaven. It's on earth. And if you don't do it, it won't be done. So he said, the Lord told him to go find scriptures. He told him, don't pray about anything you can't believe me for. And Brother Cap said, my prayer got really short after that. Because before that, he had been praying general prayers. Like shotgun. Have you ever... A shotgun is not like a rifle. A shotgun, you can get a scatter load for that shotgun because you may be you're trying to scare off an animal you don't really want to hurt the animal you just want to scatter that load out there right and so that that shotgun shell with a scatter load in it is just going to go out there and spray the area just kind of spray it and a lot of people are praying shotgun prayers they're just spraying things like oh lord just just bless all the missionaries in Uganda lord just bless those people in 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 whatever you know just 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 that shotgun just trying to generalize and the rifle is aimed at a target and it's lined up and you you deliver that power to a specific target that's the faith prayer that's a prayer based on the Word. I want to I get the Word. I want to pack that bullet full of the answer already. And then I want to aim it right at the, at, the, at the specific target, not just spray it in the generalized area. And the Lord told him, don't pray about anything you can't believe me for. And he said, my prayer time got really short. And the Lord said, go to the Scripture and find what I said and meditate on it, and then come back and pray it. And so he took a yellow legal pad, and he began writing out uh, the scriptures that he found, and he would go out on his tractor while he was out, and take a break from his tractor, get down and walk between the turn rows, those little hardened rows that the tractor rode on. He would pull out that yellow legal pad and he would quote those scriptures to himself, put it back in his pocket and get up on the tractor and, and, and do some more. And throughout the day, he was going out behind the barn, reading off that yellow legal pad paper that he had folded up and put in his pocket. Right? It became the book, God's Creative Power. That, that's where the book came from, that yellow legal pad he was writing the scriptures on. But he said it took him a, almost a year, not quite a year. It took him almost a year to come out of debt. Did I tell you he was in debt millions of dollars? He said it took him almost a year for God to get him turned around. And when he got turned around, his situation turned around. And it turned around because what he had in his heart and in his mouth turned. Amen. So when he said this to Brother Caps, you're praying, but, but you're 
I'm not, you're not praying effectively. You're not praying in faith. You're not praying in a way that I can answer it. So he had to redirect him so that his prayers became effective prayers. And so that's what we want to do in our lives. We want our prayers to be effective prayers. We want to allow the Word to establish in us the will of God uh, in, in advance. You know, Joshua 1.8 says, and we usually use Joshua 1.8 and Psalm chapter 1 to discuss uh, faith, but this is how we're preparing for prayer. This is how we prepare for prayer. Is we come, we want to build our faith before we go into prayer. We want to have the confidence before we approach the throne. We want to know this is the will of God before I come before Him and ask Him for it. So Joshua 1 8 says, If I'll meditate in the book of the law day and night, if, and I will keep it in my mouth, then I will make that my, my way will be prosperous. That, that is connected to the word in my mouth to the point that I can observe to do it, that I can see it working in my life. I can see myself acting on that word. So there needs to be a meditating in the word, a, a time of building the word. So the first thing that we have to do is get the word on it. If I'm going to have effective prayers, I've got to have the word on it. Before I go to God and ask, I want to go on the basis of His Word. What does the Word say about that? And then I want to build the strength of it into my spirit. I want that Word uh, on the inside of me as a part of me. I don't want it to be just up here. Because you can just find a, you can just find a scripture and off the top of your head. Faith doesn't work in your head. Faith is of the heart. For us to actually work faith, it's got to be in the heart. So you've got to attend to the Word until it gets into your heart in a full measure. And that's where a lot of people miss it. A lot of people say, well, I know what Scripture to stand on. You know, they, they wrote Brother Hagen, Sister Aretha wrote Brother Hagen and said there was this growth on Sister Pat, his daughter, on her eye. And um, she said there was something going in, 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 he said, he was out on the road, he got the letter, and he said, I did not pray about it the first day. I spent three days, and of course he's preaching in the morning, preaching at night, and guess what he's preaching on? He's preaching on healing. He's preaching on healing and faith. But he didn't just because he had all these sermons and had a healing anointing think that was all he needed. He said, I spent the next three days and in between my time of preparing for the messages, I took the time to go through my healing scriptures and feed on them myself. Feed on them myself. And he fed on those healing scriptures for three days until he had a fullness in his heart of faith and then he prayed. I learned from that. Can we learn from that? Amen. Can you and I learn from that? That here is a man 
who has a tangible healing anointing. Here's a man who's seeing people healed in his meetings. He's preaching healing, preaching faith. But when it comes to his own receiving for his household, he took the time to feed on the scriptures for that and get it in his heart before he went and made a request to the Lord about the healing. And he prayed for her after that third day of meditating on the word. And when he got back home, it was healed. It was gone. Amen. So this is something we want, to, we want to not just find a scripture, but then allow the scripture to get built into us. When, when we make the request before the Lord, we've seen the scriptures that tell us to ask. When there needs to be an asking. Build into your heart the confidence that this is the will of God. Come before Him and ask. And make the request known before God like we saw in Mark eleven twenty four. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So that asking, that request is made just like a transaction is made. Just like a transaction. If I go into the store and I purchase something in the store and they hand me a receipt... I have evidence of a transaction that has been made. We need to treat our asking in that transaction way. That what, Father, I come to you uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, on the basis of this scripture, I believe you for this. I receive it now in the name of Jesus. Now I have made that accurate transaction. That's why if you've ever read Brother Jerry Savell's book about the prayer of petition, and if you haven't read that, what a wealth of wisdom you can receive from that book. The prayer of petition he learned from Brother uh, Copeland, and it's based on this concept, and it's based on uh, a lot of what Brother Hagen taught about the seven steps to answered prayer, which is the basis for what I'm conveying to you today. But the prayer of petition, he, he would write it out. He would make this specific request. He would sign it. Brother Copeland said the first time that he did it, he, he wrote it all out. He said, I went and I shaved and I put on my best suit and I walked into the bedroom to stand before the Lord and to make my petition known. He said, I'm gonna, I, I came to him with my suit on. I came to him with my hair combed. I came to him you know, with, with my best clothes on. And I, I came because this was so real to me. It was such a serious petition that I'm making. I am coming before the Lord and I'm making a petition. Well, that's what our prayer is like. So if you want to make sure they know you paid for it, right? You want to make sure I've got the receipt. You know, when you, when you pay for a washer or dryer, you pay for something big, you don't just toss the receipt in the trash can, do you? Uh, you, you hold on. You might need that, right? I need that. I've got, I, I've got evidence that this transaction has been made in case something comes up. So if the enemy comes and says, you're not going to get that, I've got my receipt. I've already got it. I believed I received when I prayed. I have the receipt. There are some things I will mark down the day I prayed it. And every other time I come back and I, I point to that place, I marked it down. And I say, Lord, on July 21st, I believed I received. I thank you for it, Lord. I have it. Based on your word, I have it. Amen. So that faith transaction is in the asking. From that moment on, if this is a prayer of faith where you are receiving something that is yours by covenant, now if you're praying for somebody a prayer of intercession, 
it wouldn't have the same uh, application in this way that I wouldn't pray the exact same thing again. There are things that I may pray in interceding for someone that I may have already prayed once. I, I may have already prayed because, for instance, Father, open the eyes of their understanding. I may have prayed that last week, but I'm going to pray that again because he did it last week, but I want him to do it this week too. Send laborers across her path. He did that last week. I might need to pray that one again. He might need to send laborers every day. So I might pray that one every day as the Lord leads me. But that a prayer of faith that I'm talking about, Father, I believe I received my healing. I lay hold of it. I ask you to heal my body now on the basis of the fact that by Jesus' stripes I am healed, I receive it. I don't need to ask him to heal me tomorrow because I believed I received it the day before when I prayed. I'm not going to, I believed that I already have it. That would be like you calling Pizza Hut and saying, I need to order a pizza. They say, you just called two minutes ago. We've got your pizza. It's already in the oven. I I know I just called two minutes ago, but just in case you forgot about my pizza, I'm going to call again. And no, no, we've already, they might be making you multiple pizzas. You keep calling, right? You're going to end up with five deliveries of pizza coming to your door because that's how you, you kept praying. You kept calling and ordering the pizza when the pizza's already on its way. So things that are mine by covenant that I'm believing I'm receiving with my faith, those are things that are settled. I don't need to order them tomorrow and the next day and the next day because I already have it and I can mark the faith transaction that I released my faith for it. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you see why we need skill? Do you need why we've got, to, we've got to learn the different ways? We've got to learn how to apply faith in these things. So when I have asked, then the next thing that I want to do is I want to maintain the answer and I want to dominate my mind with the answer. I want to keep the answer before me. I want to keep focused on the answer. And to do that, you're going to have to cast down imaginations. 2 Corinthians 10 talks about the weapons of our warfare. It says the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to uh, uh, pull down strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. If you know that by His stripes you are healed and you have asked in Jesus' name, then the, the thoughts come to try to tell you it's not working, you don't have it, you're not healed, don't you feel that symptom in your body? You're going to have to treat that like something that's exalting itself against the knowledge of God. God said, by His stripes I'm healed, that if I ask anything according to His will, He hears me. I have my healing. I'm healed now. I don't have to wait till I feel it to, to be it. I don't have to wait till I sense it, the, the, the physical symptoms leaving me to believe that I'm healed. That's not the evidence that you're healed. That's not the evidence that I'm healed. Let's say, for instance, and, and I'm not going to use anybody in here because I don't want to speak that word, but let's say, for instance, that, that a person gets up, somebody else, They get up in the morning and they look outside and their car has been stolen. And they find out, they look, they go and they turn on their news and they see their car driving down the interstate in a a high-speed chase and they say, that man has my car. He's driving my car. Well, that person being in the car, is that evidence that that man owns the car? 
He doesn't own the car. He took that car. It's not his. Just because he's in the car, that's not evidence that it's his. What's evidence to provide ownership of the car to prove the ownership? The title. The man who has the title can come up and say, get that man out of my car. That's my car. Well, you're not in the car. You're not in the car. So it can't be yours because you're not in it, right? It can't be yours because somebody else is driving it. Somebody else is driving it, so that's evidence that it's theirs. No, you look right here at my title. You can check the VIN number of that car, check the VIN number on this title. That's my title. That's my car. I have the evidence. So just because a trespasser, a thief, has possession of a, a, a piece of property or a substance doesn't mean he owns it. Right? Just because a symptom is present doesn't mean you're not healed. You have a title deed that owns the healing. You have a title deed. Faith is the title deed that owns the healing. This healing is mine. So now I've got to keep the answer in my understanding. I've got to dominate my mind with the answer. I've got to dominate my thoughts with the answer. I am the healed of the Lord. Hallelujah. Why? Because there are some things that require faith and patience. And the patience is where a lot of people miss it in the faith walk. They want, they want to drive through faith action. They want a miracle microwave faith, faith action. Do you know miracles and faith operate differently? Faith is God's best for you. Miracles are not God's best for you. Not for you. Not for you. Miracles are, are the mercy of God. Miracles are signposts to God. Miracles are, are His goodness on display. But the blessing, the, the operating of the faith in God's Word is a greater manifestation of God's goodness for His people because it's constant. It's guaranteed. It's, it's steadfast. It's not dependent on a, 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 a certain anointing. It's not dependent on somebody operating in a gift of healing that can, that can, that can heal that body. It's not dependent on uh, other outside things, somebody else's faith. It's dependent on the Word. <laughs> it's dependent on the Word. So that's God's best for us. He does not want to... We praise God. I want, I want miracles to point people to Jesus. But I don't, I'm not waiting on God to do a miracle for me because I'm believing Him for the promises. And why would I need a miracle if I've already got faith to receive the promises? Amen? So when we... When we release our faith, now we've got to hold the answer as ours. We've got to hold and maintain resisting the enemy and allowing the peace of God to maintain. And I'm going to close with this. Brother Hagan said, if you don't see yourself with the thing you requested, the word has departed from before your eyes. If you don't see yourself with the thing you requested... So that gives me an, an understanding of what should be going on 
in the time between when I believed I received it. And see, notice what he said. Believe that you shall, uh, believe that what you th- say comes to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. Therefore, whatsoever things you believe or you desire when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. So the believing, the asking and the believing that I receive, there's the time before the shall have. And in that time, if the enemy convinces somebody they don't have it, then they have wavered and moved from their location of faith and the delivery comes to where they were standing, but they're not there anymore because they were moved by the wind, like a wave is moved by the wind. And, And the answer comes because God's faithful, but they're not there to receive it. Hallelujah. So that's why we want to maintain this focus of faith. We want to maintain, I have it. Keep the answer before your eyes. Keep the answer before your eyes. If if you don't see yourself with the thing you requested, the word has departed from before your eyes. So the same scripture I started with, I need to continue meditating on that. I need to continue having that. Now, I'm, a lot of this is from an application of the prayer of faith, but also apply faith in every prayer. Apply faith in your intercession. Apply faith in your prayer of consecration. Come with that faith of the Word to when you're interceding, I believe God hears me. I believe He's touching my children's life. I believe He's touching my loved one's life. So we want to maintain and thank God for that answer. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the faithfulness that you provide in your word. You watch over your word to perform it. And Lord, I ask that every person under the sound of my voice would recognize the working of your word recognize the importance of your word being a foundation for their lives. And as a result of that understanding, Father, that they would give a greater emphasis to your word, that they would correct the areas where they're standing contrary, if they are, to your word. If they're disagreeing with something you said, Father, let there be an adjustment so that there can be an agreement so that your will can be done in that area.